Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. So this week was going to be more or less um, a self-scout. You know, like talk about possible trades. But then the absolute gift that just keeps on giving shot his damn mouth. And I'm telling you this right now. This story is not being given enough attention. And the reason I think it's not getting the attention that it, it, it so rightfully deserves is because the Philadelphia Phillies are marching towards the World Series. And I'm telling you this right now, because the Philadelphia Phillies are marching towards the, uh, the World Series, they are taking up a lot of airtime in Philadelphia, and rightfully so, because, you know, obviously they're playing for a championship. So what's happening here is a quote like this that would be, in my opinion, very much discussed is not finding you know the traction that it would get if the Phillies had already been eliminated from the playoffs but since there's good things to talk about of course people want to talk about the good things as they should but this quote this week from this geek geek defensive coordinator he is such a coward and a loser and it just continues to show his colors right here with this quote and it, it it's just it's mind boggling that this is not a bigger story to me. And I'm gonna read exactly what this complete geek said. Because I, I mean to me it's this. It's not him saying it. Trust me. I know he's a coward. I know he is a, an absolute horrific defensive coordinator. I don't care what people want to say with his back end coverages and stuff like this. He calls defense like a coward. That's it. We could talk all day about his schemes and how some of them, like how he disguises now on the back end. What? Yeah, in the first two quarters, with the exception of Detroit, things have mostly been better for this geek. I completely understand that. But that's not it. It's not a two-quarter game, just as a heads up. They play four quarters in the NFL. And, and I want to ask his head coach. I want to ask his uh, you know, general manager, I'd love to ask the owner if you are okay with this philosophy. And then most importantly, I want to ask the players, the players who have to go out there and play for this coward. So here it is. I think I've uh, held on long enough without saying it. This was his quote on his second half approach to defense, the way he wants to call defense in the second half. This is what he said on Tuesday, there are times where a 10-play drive that takes up seven minutes off the clock when you're up three scores isn't the worst thing in the world. You can look around the league and see how teams give up leads quick. So that plays into that. I repeat, there are times where a 10-play drive that eats uh, or that takes seven minutes off the clock when you're up three scores isn't the worst thing in the world. He's saying that allowing teams to score touchdowns because he didn't specify, oh, a field goal. No, that's touchdowns. 
is okay if it takes enough time. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine? You know what I mean? Go through all the great defensive coaches. Can you imagine them being okay? Okay with the other team scoring as long as they take some time off the clock. Have you ever heard of a more completely gutless, gutless and cowardly style of defensive football? I mean, really, that is pathetic. And and here's the thing that, you know, pisses me off the most about it. The players. These are some great players on this defense. Don't get it twisted here, by the way. Anybody who thinks he's doing a really good job this year. This team is loaded with defensive talent. That's the truth. They are absolutely 100% loaded with defensive talent. They have a lot of players on this team that coordinators would dream for. And what we get from them is these guys are turning essentially, you know, chicken bleep into chicken salad. That's what they're doing. Because this guy sucks, and this right here proves it. So what you're seeing in the second half, and I know people keep going about the second half with the offense. Well, the reason the second half offense doesn't look so good is because the second half defense is atrocious. Because it, it, And it's atrocious not because the players, they're not being put in position to succeed. Their loser coach is okay with the other team scoring touchdowns as long as it takes half the quarter off. He's pathetic. He is so pathetic. I kid you not. I want to be so freaking excited for this team and it's just like we have to win in spite of this geek and absolutely pathetic coward we have to win in spite of him he is the dirt worst coach in the nfl it ain't close he is horrible they talk about him being an nfl coach whatever team makes the absolutely unbelievable colossal mistake of hiring this loser to be a head coach. I mean, really, this guy has a coward's mentality. He will never... You want to be successful in the NFL. You know what the NFL is? You know, deep down, what the NFL is, it's a punch-you-in-the-face league. The aggressive people in the NFL come out on top. That's what they are. You have to have a winner's mentality. You have to have that, I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm not going to take a punch. I'm going to punch you in the face mentality. And this coward has the furthest thing from it. He's atrocious. He's atrocious. He said this stuff out loud. He said out loud he's okay with his defense giving up touchdowns. And you know what's funny? If I'm a player, I'd be like, dude, you ever say that out loud again, me and you are throwing hands. I'll punch you in your freaking face. My job is to keep people out of the end zone. That's what I work for. That's what these guys work all offseason for. That's what they work their careers for. And you're essentially telling them it's okay to fail. Just fail if, you know, let, let the half the quarter run out and then fail. It's okay, though. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that at, like, at any level of coaching, telling your team it's okay to just completely fail at what your mission is as long as it takes a certain amount of time? Guys, I understand. If you're up three scores with two minutes to go, four minutes to go in the game, absolutely. I understand there's a point where you back it off and you let them have everything underneath because you want the clock to run. You don't start doing that in the beginning of the third quarter. That's what an idiot does because now you just like we saw it last week 
We, and by the way, his whole philosophy, let's go over it, Detroit. Well, if Miles Sanders doesn't make an absolutely incredible play on a third down, we probably lose that game. We're up 17 points against the Lions. 17 points in the second half. We lose that game if that's it. So right there, his philosophy doesn't work because we had to get ass lucky by a great play, by a great player for us to win that game. It was lucky. We were lucky to run the clock out at the end of the game. It wasn't like we won by 10. We didn't hold them off. It's not like when they scored whatever, or they scored their second touchdown there with like 10 seconds left. No, we had to stand on it and hopefully, you know, and get some crucial first downs with our offense at the end of the game to win. Oh, and then on top of that, what happened? Oh, that's right. The, uh, the Arizona game. If Kyler Murray just doesn't slide early, guess what? We lose that game. So, I, or, or possibly, if that game goes to overtime, you're telling me you felt confident? I know there's people that said they did. I had no confidence whatsoever because our defense had taken the pedal or their foot off the pedal long, long ago. It was like in the second quarter when he started getting conservative like a coward, like he is. And then the Dallas game. Dallas was done. 20 nothing. They give up that unbelievably horrible kick return. Dallas gets a field goal to end the first half. And then all of a sudden we punt. And guess what happens? We're playing prevent. And all of a sudden, Cooper Rush goes from looking like, you know, a guy who's probably a borderline, if not anything, NFL player to looking like a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. We turned it around. And then all of a sudden, he starts playing with confidence. Yeah, we are lucky to pull these out. That's for sure. These are fortunate scenarios. Fortunate scenarios to win these games. But this is no credit to the coach. Because, again, that scheme there, I mean, really, that is so pathetic. And if I'm the GM of the team, Howie Roseman, I'm standing here saying today, why am I paying all of these guys? Why are we putting so much asset into our defense when the coach just wants us to play prevent? He just wants us to play a prevent defense. If that's what he wants us to do, then you don't really have to go out and spend money on defensive talent because guess what? I mean, yeah, it's helping us build leads because these guys are so good and when they're given a chance to play real football, they can keep teams out of the end zone. But what happens is they end up having to go into this soft prevent in the second half and anybody, you can get people out of the stands to do that defense. He sucks. He sucks so damn much as a coach. I kid you not. It's just so pathetic. It's it's damn travesty that the Texans just didn't hire him last year. Well, I was like, think about this. If he's anything close to a good coach, why was everybody I saw, there were, it was like 1% of the fan base was hoping that he was retained. Like they were, everybody else, all the other 99% were hoping that the Texans hired him as a head coach. If he's got anything, if he brings anything to the table, why would we all be rooting for him to not be a head coach or go be a head coach somewhere else? Nobody was rooting for Frank Wright to leave, right? Nobody wanted John D. Filippo to leave. These are coaches with us. People did not want these guys to leave. Just like nobody's going to want Denard Wilson to leave. You know what I mean? There were so many guys where that we didn't want these guys to leave. But this guy, everybody wants him out. I, I mean, I just can't fathom that he said this stuff. I mean, it, it blows my mind at how absolutely pathetic his scheme is. I, I can't take him anymore. I just can't. I can't take this guy. I cannot take this guy being the, the defensive coordinator for this team anymore. He sucks. He sucks so much. I'm going to pause for a brief word here from Anchor. When I come back, we are going to go and self-scout the team a little bit. Talk about what needs to, you know, update here for the second half of the season. You know, obviously more than the second half of the season. What comes ahead for the Eagles here? Before I do get to that, though, I um, do have a brief word here from Anchor. 
So with a self-scout, generally you're looking for what needs to improve the most on the team. And it's clear and obvious. We all know the answer. It's our special teams. We're giving up far too many big plays on special teams every week, whether it be a big kick return against Dallas. Let's go back to Minnesota. There was a field goal block. That could have been a touchdown if Sipos doesn't run down their defensive player, and that's a whole new, or their you know defensive back who picked it up, and that's a whole new game. Whether it be a fake uh, punt against Arizona, you know what I mean? Like there's a play in every game where our special teams, the the one with uh, Jacksonville, where or yeah, was it Jacksonville? Or was it, no, Washington, whatever it was, where Jordan Davis had the penalty on the field goal and, and, you know, it essentially gave them more points. It was the Washington game. Things like that. There's been a lot of just dumb things that have happened on the special teams. That's clearly the number one area we have to improve the ball or improve on on this team. Because trust me, when it gets close games, special teams wins. And I know people have a lot of theories as to why the special teams isn't working. Like maybe we're not putting the resources into the special teams or any of this stuff. Trust me, it's not that. We have a lot of talent as a 53-man roster. There's plenty of talent on this team that our special teams shouldn't be an issue. Like, you got a guy like N'Kobe Dean playing special teams. You know what I mean? Like, he's a player. Sean Bradley, who's strictly a special teams player. Uh, There's a lot of guys out there who knows how to make plays. Like, the big kick return last week, Kyron Johnson, a rookie, making a big mistake. I mean, does that mean write the book on Kyron Johnson? Of course not. Does that mean Kyron Johnson might end up being a really good special teams player still? Yeah, of course it does. Just things that have to get cleaned up. And I know people point the finger to Britton Covey, the, the the punt returner. And is he anything close to what Turpin was for the Cowboys last week? Clearly not. That guy was electric. I mean, but what you want from Covey is just sure-handed, smart football. And, and I know he had the one-muff punt, but they haven't done anything. And he's been blasted a lot. But he's making plays when he catches it. He's getting 10 to 14 yards. I think he's been nothing but better than, definitely better than what we've had the last three years as a punt returner and a kick returner. I have no problem with him being the guy. Yes, I would love it more if we had a guy who could just be a burner. Sure. But they're not being given away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and at this point, this guy's safe. He does his job, and he might do it better. I mean, obviously, he he may just get better and better. He was exceptional at doing it at Utah in college. So we are here where we're at, and let's just hope that, you know, things do improve here for the special teams. I think it will. I really do. I mean, I'm usually one of those guys who will point stuff out, but... These are things where it's like it's it's so off for us like every week that you know that they're harping on it and they're making it a point. So my guess we'll see the special teams improve. One thing that would help would be a guy like Andre Shashere, who is a really good special teams player. I believe he's been used, though, for the three practice squad call-ups that he could have this season. So potentially if somebody goes on IR, I think Shashere will be somebody who comes up because they want him to play specials. Uh, that's just a guy to watch because they're they're – there's a reason they want Shashray. I know they gave him like $20,000 in guaranteed money, which doesn't sound like obviously a lot, but for a guy who was like a fringe make-the-roster player, clearly didn't even make the roster, it tells you that they see importance in him as a special teams player. Now, um, what else? Like, for instance, the Eagles lead the league in turnover margin. They have a plus 12 in the NFL. They are actually the team that's created the most turnovers, which you'd sit there and say about, the geek head coach or D coordinator, I'm sorry, but really what it is is that how good the talent is that we've somehow created turnovers. And what else? Oh, yeah, that's right. We've only turned it over twice, one of which was because Kenny Gainwell batted the ball into somebody's hands. I mean, that's the most important thing that Jalen Hurts does is he protects the football. He does. He does not put the ball in danger often enough. 
which is great. That's what you want, obviously. You don't want a quarterback putting it in danger. Now, does that mean that you don't want him to take some chances? I'm not saying that at all. I think we got to increase our vertical passing game for sure. I, I mean, these last two weeks, that's a really concerning to me is we've had nothing close to a vertical passing game. We're not going to win in the NFL here not having a vertical passing game. And, and I know that that's like something we do have in the bag because Devontae Smith showed against Washington how he can go down the field and make plays with uh, going over people to get the football. One-on-one, he's open. A.J. Brown showed it against Detroit. You know, he showed it even against Washington, how he can go down the field and make plays one-on-one. Quez Watkins, we've seen that in the San Francisco game last year. The Minnesota game this year, Quez Watkins is a burner. Burner. Even in the Washington game, Quez Watkins may not have the box score you thought, but he caused two penalties downfield, two pass interference penalties. That, that, those are big plays. I just think that we're not getting the most out of the talent we have at wide receiver these last two weeks, and that's for sure. I, I, we don't have to gimmick these guys open. They can win one-on-one. And I want to see Hurts being able to, to drop back and throw the football. I think we're getting a little too much into this run-pass option. And don't get me wrong, it has a place, and it definitely works, but I mean, Jalen could throw the football. Let him just drop back and throw the football. I think those are the areas of improvement we got to see here very fast because it's going to be like, eventually you're going to get in some dogfights here. Eventually there's probably going to be a game where you're losing going into the fourth quarter. You're going to need the quarterback to be able to drop back and pass the football. And again, I'm not complaining because again, I think he's playing exceptionally hurts. And the reason I want to see him do that is because I know he can. I mean, we, we've seen parts this year where he dropped back and threw the football. Look at the Washington-Detroit game and the Minnesota game. That's what he did. So it's not like he can't do it. He can. It's just like this last month, for some reason, they've gotten out of it. And again, I'm not going to complain they're winning, but I'm just saying, like, you know when he says the standard, we didn't meet the standard? That's what he's talking about, Hurts, when he says that stuff. Just because that you're winning doesn't mean that, you know, you just neglect everything else and don't care about mistakes that's, that are being made or things that you can improve on because you're winning. The goal is to be perfect. Is it obtainable? Obviously not. Nobody could be perfect in the NFL, but that should be the goal, right? Eagles have an incredible football team. They are without any question or doubt one of the three best teams in the NFL. I personally think the Eagles are the best team in the NFL. I think they have the best roster in the entire NFL. And I believe their quarterback is awesome. I think we have the right guy at quarterback. I think he's an incredible leader. I think he's an incredible football player. And that's why, again, when it comes to you know Kansas City and Buffalo, who are the other two of the three best teams, yeah, they have exceptional quarterbacks as well. But it's like, that's the thing. We're in that same boat. We have one of those guys. So, okay, what happened? What else? Like, okay, where are the Eagles better at than Buffalo? You know what I mean? Right now, our secondary is, I think. Now, they're well coached in Buffalo with their secondary, but our talent at corner is cl- clearly better until Tredevious White, the guys they got back get hurt or come back. But, like, I, and again, I'm comparing us to the Buffalo Bills for a reason because people think they're the gold standard. And, and I'm not sitting there saying those people are wrong. They're an incredible team. But don't tell me that we can't beat the Buffalo Bills. I totally think we could. Now, Buffalo has an infinitely better defensive coordinator than Leslie Frazier. That's that's the one thing in every team we'll, we'll say is their defensive coordinator is better because we have the worst one in the entire, like, not just, like, I think there's college. I don't know if he's worse at, as a D coordinator than any college coordinator even. Like, he's he might, there's high school coordinators I know for a fact that are better than him. I think if you ranked where Jonathan Gannon ranks, as a defensive coordinator in the entire, you know, United States, he's somewhere in probably the millionth, 
area because he's that horrible at it. I think there's people that have never, ever even remotely had a clue that there's somebody who actually calls the defense. Like They're that you know ignorant to what football is that are better at this job than he would be. I think that thing in Madden where you hit the random play selection is better at being a defensive coordinator than Jonathan Gannon. Without question. Actually, I 1 million percent believe that. Random play suggestion is better. That's the one thing right there. When you play, trust me, if you build a lead on Kansas City or Buffalo and you go into prevent, those seven-minute drives, they ain't going to be seven minutes. They're going to score in three minutes. So his stupid philosophy ain't going to work because he's a dummy for it. This team's good. I'm thrilled with where we're at, for sure, 100%. And I'm ecstatic for what's going to happen here in the second half. You know, we're we're going to be playing, obviously, you know, a big game coming up here with the Steelers next week, then a Thursday nighter. But, I mean, we're going to talk next Thursday. We'll be back. We'll be going over the Steelers game. We'll go around the NFL. You know, there's not much really happening because, like, right now we're coming up on when, if there's going to be any trades for the Eagles. I don't think there's going to be any trades. What I think is it's like if you do see one, it's going to be something minor, like maybe somebody to play corner, like, you know, it's some uh, backup potential for corner. I don't know really where they're going to make a big move. I know people talk about Brian Burns from Carolina. Don't look like, obviously that's not going to happen. But I mean, a guy like a Robert Quinn, you know, like I could see that. I definitely think they are in the market for a D-end. It's just a matter of what they're going to get. It's my guess would be like a rental type player where they're not going to have to give up a serious asset. Because we've got to remember, too, they're going to have to pay a lot of guys on their team already. You know what I mean? And when you have to pay a lot of guys, obviously you're not going to be able to re-sign everybody, unfortunately, and that's what sucks. So what you need are those draft assets because that's where you're going to get the replacements for. Free agency is nice, but you do it in, in the draft. <laughs> this is a great team. We're in a great spot. Last unbeaten team in the NFL, which is cool. We've been that for the last three weeks. And you know what I mean? I, people could tell you what they think the team could be if they're going to listen. It, it, any team in the NFL could beat any team because they have NFL talent. Just remember that. This game with the Steelers, right? Oh, it's going to be a cake. You thought that, and then they beat Tampa Bay. And you could say what you want about Tampa Bay. They beat Tampa Bay. So just remember that. They beat Tampa Bay. So until you tell me, like, there's no, there's no walkover. And the Steelers are as well coached as a team as there is. Now I heard Chase Claypool might get potential. He's on the trade block for for like a team like Green Bay, who desperately needs a receiver. Which obviously would make it easier. So we should all be hoping something like that would happen before we play him because that that makes our chances of winning a lot easier. But yeah, this we have every right to be excited. It just sucks that our D coordinator is such a coward. But the offense is better. And, I, and again, I, I have no concerns about the second-half offense. I, I just want to see us increase our vertical passing game. I want to see our quarterback be able to drop back and throw the football. Because he could do it, and I know he could do it. Enjoy the bye week, everybody. Hopefully our O-line gets healthy. It's, it's a great time for them. We need Mylotta, Dickerson, Kelsey, Ciamalo, Johnson, all these guys. We need them to get healthy. Because, you know, that's one place where we were starting to get beat up pretty good. 
So this bye week came at a perfect time because one of the most important, if not the most important unit on the team needed to get healthy fast. At least we're giving them some time to recover. So that's a good thing. I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated, and as always, go Eagles, go.